0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Computomics podcast. Today we will pick up on a topic of remote sensing data integration for agriculture. Last year we had the chance to talk to Constellar about their ability to aggregate remote sensing data. And today we will talk to Jurgen from Vito on their ability to make sense of this integrated data for agricultural purposes. We hope you enjoy the episode and here's Jurgen. So, Jürgen, welcome to the episode, and nice to have you here.
1: Well, uh, thank you, and I'm very happy that you uh, invited me to this uh, podcast. Uh, A real honor, so thank you for the uh, invitation.
0: Sure. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about why you founded VITO, how long you guys have been operational, and sort of what your mission is and what you're hoping to do for the agricultural sector.
1: Uh, So, VITO uh, exists for... um more than of almost 25 years now and we are a international research uh, institute located in Belgium. Uh, we're about 900 people um, and the mission statement of uh, VITO is the acceleration towards a more sustainable world and therefore we um, do research in the applied technology domain um, and we believe in the power of technology economic dynamics and the creative creativity of people to leverage things so it's wow. a
0: pretty powerful uh pretty powerful statement to to believe in people in this time when it feels like
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think i think even yeah now in these times we even have to believe much more than people than ever before yeah and, i agree and, and i think also these times Prove that the power of technology, uh, together with the creativity of people, are really able to uh, uh, to solve uh, many of the problems that we have, and um, and not only on um, COVID-related uh, problems, obviously. Yeah. So we um, um we are an applied research company, and we work in uh, in five different domains, and we um do research in energy in the energy domain, materials, chemistry, health and remote sensing. And remote sensing the unit uh, that I work in. Um and within that unit we have a big focus on everything which has to do with vegetation monitoring and agricultural monitoring. Um we, we see ourselves more as a, a data science unit. Or, mm-hmm. Um than then a pure remote sensing unit. So uh, the remote sensing data is always the the basis of of, of, of the, the the data science, let's let's say. Um, but we um, uh, use many other data sources to complement the remote sensing data and to come to actionable um, actionable insights. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find that the sector of people that you work with, that you interact with, some of your clients, do you find them to be? Um... Excited about the innovation, or um, highly sort of involved and curious, because I feel like a lot of uh, our agricultural industry is actually um, quite ready to uh, to try something new or to be on the uh, on the cutting edge of what's happening today. Although it appears to be a quite conservative sector, what has been your experience?
1: Well, I um, well I agree with you, uh, Anna. It's um, I've seen a, sh- a, a nice shift in the, in the past few years towards more um, a positive feeling towards technology. You know? So mm-hmm. um, we, we work with um, very vari- various players in the value chain, from input suppliers like seed breeding companies or agrochemical uh, companies, mm-hmm. over food processing companies, but also farmers, um, and large in uh, international institutes and especially with um, the the input suppliers and uh, food processing companies um, we really see that they truly believe in, in in the new technologies and they're starting to invest more and more in these uh, in these new technologies and slowly you also see the uh, adaptation level with farmers uh, mm-hmm. going up so uh, I'm I'm pretty positive about uh, the, the future of technology in, uh, in agriculture.
0: That's awesome. So how would you usually interact with a client? How um, you know how do you explain your technology to them and what it can do for them and how it's going to get them to that more sustainable way of providing um, part of our food supply chain?
1: Um, Well, to start off with, I think the remote sensing data provides an objective, or it's an objective data source uh, for everything that happens on a a field. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, we use uh, anything from drones up to satellites and, and, and all platforms that are in between airplanes, uh stratospherical drones or whatever you have it could also be a camera on on a stick um,
0: uh,
1: that, <laughs> provides, that provides provides data um, from sensors in the, in the in the broad sense of the word so it can be plain rgb cameras can be multispectral cameras thermal lidar whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, we collect data uh, in a scalable and objective way about what how a crop is Performing on a on a field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, this this data, this mainly pixel data, we translate into insights for a, for a customer. And once you start, what so what we're actually doing is we're creating a digital twin of a field. Um, and when you start creating a digital twin of a field, you will be able to um, mine all that data. And when you Complement the remote sensing data with uh, other data, like uh, what has been done on the field, the field management practices or uh, actual yield, um, soil information and so on and so on. When you start um, collecting this huge amount of data, you'll be able to also mine that data. And um, interestingly, entering your domain more and uh, um, also be an, a nice uh, data source uh, for a genomic analysis or mm-hmm. for the predictive breeding part huh? so this is how we um, how we met yes. sometime <laughs> some time ago uh, when writing an interesting uh, research proposal to, to to... to um,
0: Integrate the um, flow of these predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: correct, yeah and I,
0: I feel like it's so... Um, I guess we've reached... I think I heard somebody... Um, I read somewhere that they said the sort of last decade was about producing data. And this decade will be about making that data mean something. And I really see that uh, play itself out with sort of the companies that we tend to interact with, um, I guess like attracts like, so maybe we just happen to attract those sort of companies that are really trying to make this data meaningful, but I really see it coming from so many different perspectives. And I think it's so great because you know, in store, instead of just hoarding, it's really translating, right? It's really making people feel like all of this is not a waste or just taking up space somewhere, but it's really helping them make actionable decisions. So maybe, can you give us just an introduction to the sort of decisions or the sort of kind of insights that people, your clients can get from this, uh, from these digital twins, from sort of understanding the subjective reality of their fields?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Uh, the um, the most um, advanced uh, uh, customer base that we have is is really at the start of the uh, of the value chain, um, the uh, the input suppliers, and there we work a lot with uh, seed breeding companies. Um, and what they do is they, uh, yeah, as you know, they set out uh, a repetition of varieties on on these small micro plots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we do is we with a drone we fly over these small micro plots and we. Um, collect data and um, then we extract trait information out of this imagery um, as an objective and scalable way to provide trait information to um, uh, to breeding companies and this way they have data for all their test plots and not only samples mm-hmm. and in a very objective and structured way um, and the um with with the power of machine learning you can now unlock the uh, the full potential of of this of this imagery and, and one of the um nice examples that that we um that we showed this year now uh, one of the adv- advances is um we um in, in wheat for example we managed to count the individual ears on a wheat field that's, wow. they, that's you,
0: fantastic
1: yeah so as a, as a proxy for for yield but also to detect the decoloring of the ear for example and to detect fusarium uh, and disease in, in, um, mm-hmm, in wheat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and this way you can in a really objective and repetitive and scalable way um detect um fusarium so check whether your
0: products or your right, or your right, varieties
1: right. are resistant to uh, to um to this disease yes or no and, and to what degree or um measure yield in a much more accurate uh, way like you would never be able to do when you would uh, do that manually and you can mm-hmm. never count mm-hmm. all the ears in. and so this is a very um, a simple or straightforward example but which is only possible with having high resolution yeah. imagery and unlocking the, the power of of, uh, of of ai and so training a neural network to detect um, these these objects and there are many many more possi- possibilities there um, and it starts to become really interesting when you start to combine this data that you gather on the experimental fields mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a breeding context and, and you translate that with the observations that you make with satellites on a, a production field
0: at mm-hmm. farmer level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and
1: w- and then even on a, on a, on a continental scale, huh? so you can also, satellite-based information, we monitor, for example, um, the evolution of drought throughout a, uh, a continent or uh, the spreading of a specific disease throughout yeah. a continent. Once you start to link these data at a global or continental scale with data on operational fields and data on experimental fields and then linking it with your genomics data you start to really unlock yeah and the the power of all your the data that you have at hand and this is now really starting to become uh, reality
0: and the gains really become exponential right at some point Um, correct initially it feels like uh, you're making slow headway because you're sort of putting everything together you're really organizing yourself in a way. And then when you start running, man, like we've, you know, some of the things we've seen with clients who, I assume that you're also talking about, uh, maybe some of your clients who are willing to invest the maybe extra time or the extra kind of interest to take it a step further as well. And they really can make, you know, with, with your input and their interest and their availability, then they can really, um, Maybe do things that are just unbelievable, right? To other people who, who um, haven't thought about it in this way or didn't see the data in this way, uh, have you experienced that as well?
1: Well, we, we had a very nice example uh, this this season, where one of our customers, um, or the agronomists of the um, of, of this this customer, had this gut feeling that um, a specific uh, rotation sequence of a, of a crop had an um, a negative impact on breeding of or the, uh, the production of, of maize mm-hmm. um, but they could not uh, really prove it or, uh, or or really validate this this uh, this feeling so um, what we did is we uh, took the data from a, from a whole country uh, classified which crops were growing where for the past um, four or five years uh, linked that rotation Uh, scheme with um, various other data sources like uh, soil type, uh, weather data, and so on and so on. And then we could actually see that there was indeed a correlation between the rotation schedule and the uh, impact on on mayus in this case. Um, But only in very specific cases where uh, it was on sandy soils for example, Mm -hmm. and um, especially when um, weather conditions for X, Y, or or Z, right. And right. this is this is something I and we we processed lots of data from data for for a whole country for five years, so huge amounts of data, uh, but by using machine learning, so AI in in, in broad sense, yeah. we were able to to really analyze it, and so so now this company is able to advise their customers and say, okay, hey, if you are uh, if you want to plant this crop please huh, take into account this specific rotation schedule because it will have a negative or positive impact on your uh, production yeah. next year so and and these are things that yeah or were. Very hard in the in the in the past, I think, to, definitely, to really
0: definitely capture
1: with the with the human brain.
0: And I think this concept of intuition. I think it's such a powerful one. And whenever I try to talk um, about our product, I also try to emphasize the fact that technology will never erase intuition, or I hope it will never <laughs> erase intuition. It's certainly not our goal. But in in the way that I know that we and other companies like us are employ uh, Using it, it's essentially to enhance or validate or sort of speed up that intuitive um, decision-making process, right? It's like sometimes our our breeders will say, "Man, like I really had this feeling like this would be the cross to make," and now they get validation for it, or the other way around, they think, "Oh wow, uh, you know, I would have never put these th- two things together, but you know, look at it now." So. I don't know, I think it's great when we combine that uh, benefit of um, intuition that the agricultural industry really does value and really have strength in with the kind of technology, they can help them apply it uh, in the best way possible. So I think that's a really great example. Maybe just as a last question, uh, what do you think is going to happen to your industry to, I don't know, maybe your thoughts in general on agriculture in the next in the next decade?
1: So I think that um, we will really start to uh, see the benefits of, of the huge amounts of data collection uh, that is happening now in, in in a few years' time. So, as agricultural agriculture is a, is a seasonal activity, uh, every year is different, mm-hmm, that's um, true. and you need you need to collect data on. Uh, in, in, in in real life in, in farmer fields for several years before you can really start to um, have or, or mine that data and create valuable insights
0: and to really data. have confidence in the new technology right And the new approaches yeah. you're, you're undertaking yeah, right? yeah we've definitely seen that
1: and um, so, so we're starting, we've started to collect lots of data since uh, 2015 with the launch of the Copernicus program in, in, in Europe, where we have satellites orbiting the the globe now every three to five days, collecting very interesting information about the productivity of crops on, on every single field in, in, in the world. Um, many other types of satellites are being launched, we'll, we'll have thermal imagery uh, very soon on a very structural uh, basis uh, we, uh, we make use of radar data that provides very interesting um, data and we, we, we see that the amount of data that we start to collect in a, a structured and objective way um, is, is, is really starting to, uh, to, to become a solid basis for a, a further analysis and on, on top of that um, also, the uh, the machine, the machinery that is used on the field, mm-hmm. uh, is starting to get connected. Uh, so you see, uh, the, the the big players in the market, uh, CNH, uh, John Deere, uh, but also smaller companies like we work together with a company in Belgium, AVR, and they uh, they uh, develop machines to harvest potatoes, and they've built in a con- connectivity module there, mm-hmm. and uh, whenever a farmer agrees with it. They can uh, share the yield mm-hmm. uh, of, a, of an individual field and then in grid cells of three by three meters with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we can correlate that mm-hmm. that yield, that actual yield information with um, remote sensing data, soil data, meteor data, maybe also other data that the farmers provided us. And and we will really start to be able to develop more and more um insights and, and and advice for farmers on, on the one hand but also for every other player in the in the value chain so the more data that we collect the more and the better advice we will be able to, to deliver and you see that also in this um, field management domain so to say uh, we start to get more and more data and this will open up um, huge opportunities.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I, um, you know, I think maybe before I started working in the field I used to think maybe more data sounded scary <laughs> you know because I think there is some doomsday feeling about like more data more machines making more decisions but as I've seen it like I mentioned really connected to um, to the way that it's applied into the intuition and to the kinds of questions that we ask I've really um, I've really come to embrace it and I think that you know I'm sure there's a, some great philosophical quote about you know it's only what we make of it, right? And <laughs> I really I love partnering with companies like you guys and um, other people that we've come into contact with that I think are really trying to take this power into the right direction, into a direction for sustainability and global hunger. So thank you very much for the interview. Thank you for your time. Thanks for what you guys do. And I hope um, that we have a chance to work together again soon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I truly hope so as well. Uh, So thank you very much, Anna.
0: So, I hope everyone enjoyed that episode with Vito. I think it's very interesting to hear about ways that other companies are making use of big data and really translating it into useful insights in the agricultural field. If you have any questions, feel free to contact them or contact us, infocomputomics.com. We always look forward to hearing from you and see you next time.